there's times where I'm in the middle of the diddle and I, I don't have the time and I, I don't have the Jim Beam and I'm I'm down to casino promotion uh, liquor. So it's a bottle, it's a little <laughs> bottle of Kahlua and I figure out what to mix with that. Hey everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host Matt Landis, and based on the news cycle this week, I couldn't do a picks show in good conscience, but I think I've got something even better in store for you. Las Vegas Chris returns to the show to share his thoughts on the state of play across the NFL right now from a pro betters perspective, and we get into some big factors, especially in a week like this, when it comes to betting early to get a good number versus betting late when you can trust that you've got good information, the NFL's new protocols allowing fully vaccinated players to return faster after testing positive, we did break down a few games as best we could with less focus on picks and more focus on the process, and weaving in the other pillar of this podcast, Chris has a pretty good story that uh, has me saying, if you see him anytime in Vegas, please buy that guy a drink. And we wrap things up with some wise words from Chris when it comes to keeping the proper perspective in the midst of seemingly unprecedented uncertainty. One housekeeping item before we cut to the conversation. For free picks driven by analytics and thousands of simulations, check out the Cutting Edge Quick Picks section over at Dimers.com. You can find a link in the show notes to see where you want to get down on the Dimerspot's biggest edges. Quick note on the audio quality, we recorded this as Chris was in his car because I gave him almost zero notice for this interview, so it might not be perfectly up to par, but I think it's totally understandable, wanted to share all of his insight. So on that note, enjoy my NFL Week 15 conversation with professional better and someone I'm honored to call a friend and a colleague, Las Vegas Chris. Las Vegas, Chris, welcome back to Props and Hops. Kind of wish it was under different circumstances, just a wild week following the NFL news cycle. And tying that into what you do as a pro better, I am curious as to what kind of impact this has had on your approach, perhaps, of betting early in the week to get good numbers versus waiting until later in the week to have more complete information. Well, it's a, uh, it's a constant struggle. Because each week I sit there at the beginning of the week and I say, I want to wait as long as possible. I know these issues are coming up and you look at these lines and they start to, you know, move a little bit and, and you just can't help yourself. You can't let that value go away. You, you, you argue and wrestle with yourself of what what's logical and what's prudent versus, you know, rationalizing, well, I'm going to pull the trigger here. There's a 50-50 chance that whatever happens is going to help me. And quite frankly, my NFL season has been so choppy, and I I think I've taken the the worst of it so much. I've gotten to the point where I feel positive regression is due to me, and and I actually kind of fired away a little bit this week thinking, you know what, I'm so overdue for something to go my way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in action here. So it, it's, it's so frustrating and it's an all day, everyday project from hour to hour to keep up with this stuff. And when you're, you know, for me, I, I, I'm betting a lot of money and, and it's frustrating 
you know, to, to look here and, and, and maybe I lose this Raider bet. They're talking about canceling the Raider game. And I'm sitting there in a great spot and, you know, poof, it could just be gone. So lots of frustration. Yeah, I hear you talk about the frustration and, and the mind game that goes into this, you know, so much beyond what you might have come into as a better. This was a situation that would have been tough to possibly foresee. And, and when it comes to how to process things mentally, does this also have any impact on your bankroll? If you are playing earlier to try to get up some numbers, knowing there's added variance in play, has that had an impact on the amounts that you're willing to put down early in the week? Well, the problem is with that is I, I actually considered it last week because things have been a little choppy and not as sure. But then you sit there and go, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, what happens if I go on a heater here, which I usually do? Last year, I finished, uh, you know, with a monster record, uh, winning uh, like 29 and 10 on my last 29 games. And I don't if I get a repeat of that and I'm and I'm betting, you know, 25 percent less or whatever less. You know, I'm, I'm going to punish myself mentally for that. So I, I haven't changed anything. I've considered it, but I just like to, if possible, just keep everything the same. And, and I don't know whether that's going to be smart in the long run. I'm just going with my instinct. And I'm so busy, I have no choice but to just go with instincts. Uh, I, I don't think long and hard about it and labor over. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not really a blueprint for this kind of stuff. And I know the NFL also not really operating with much of a blueprint. In fact, they recently decided to go to a new protocol. Correct me if I'm wrong here. My understanding is that if a player is fully vaccinated and asymptomatic, all they need is one negative test anytime and they're good to jump back in. Um, Does that seem to capture it properly from your understanding as well? And if so, do you see that making things any easier to keep track of all this? I thought I saw that they needed two, but they can get them like same day sort of thing. You know, right. I had yes. Arizona and, and I was happy to see Higby not play Monday, but you know, he got robbed. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, bad COVID tests out there and something's got to change. And, you know, he was reinstated the next morning. He could have played. So I, I do think that they needed to change something and uh, they really need to think this more, you know, through and i know the players association is is trying to get a week off now at this point uh and put everything in a holding pattern uh so it's just chaos it it just really is yeah and good point on the clarification of two tests I, i thought i saw something that said if a player could basically take two tests almost at the same time then that would qualify, which effectively is one test. So uh, we're trying to figure this out in real time, as is everybody. And and I know, again, as a pro better when you're trying to do this, and some games are about to start and numbers are about to move, but then you have to wonder if the games are even going to happen. That just muddles the picture in an unprecedented way. And I'm curious when it comes to the way um, that impacts your approach. I mean, we've got a game this week uh, to kick things off. A great one for first place in the AFC West on Thursday night. The Chiefs traveling to take on the Chargers. People catching this episode pretty early might have a chance to sneak in a listen before that one kicks off. We spoke on Tuesday as part of the BetUS NFL show, and you felt good laying the three with Kansas City. Uh, It seems like ever since they placed Chris Jones in protocols, not too much more has come up. So the market does seem to be moving that Kansas City's way. Looks like, you know, still about, you know, minus 120 VIG attached to a minus three, still available for Kansas City. Um, Do you feel like you're still in a good spot with that bet? Or did you want to just leave it at a flat three at most because Chris Jones is going to be out? 
You know, I, I like the way Colin Coward tweeted recent uh, an hour ago. He said uh, the Rams did it and somebody else did it on the road. And Kansas City, if you're any good, those teams were missing players. You're missing players. If you can't win this game, then you're out of my top ten. And, and that's pretty much true. They, they need to go in there and take care of business. And, yeah, they, they need to tough it out. Those are a couple players we obviously would like to see in the lineup. I'm sticking with the Kansas City. They they should be able to do it. I don't have any confidence in the Chargers' defense. Uh, Kansas City should be able to move the ball. And if I'm not mistaken, Kansas City's giving up like uh, less than 15 points a game over the last five, six games. Is that correct? Uh, their defense would really have to fall through the floorboards here. Uh, so I, I'm sticking with it. I mean, you just have to look. There's 55 players. And, you know, they need to be able to compensate for one or two missing players. And, and usually you see teams rise to that occasion for a game or two before they fall on their face, like the Raiders did uh, uh, when they came on strong after their crisis. And then they, they folded like a paper napkin afterward. Yeah, I, I mean, I did some real time uh, research while you were uh, elaborating on the Chiefs there. And to answer your question, yeah, they haven't allowed more than 17 points since October. So that defense does seem to be a bit, uh, you know, hot right now. And, and we'll see if the Chargers represent a step up in class or if, if the Chiefs can really muddle things up post-snap with Spagnolo and keep Justin Herbert and company in check. But yeah, just an awesome game to start the week. So uh, hopefully we get, you know, a nice clean start with that one after some COVID news kind of even things out between Slater missing for the Chargers, now Jones missing for the Chiefs. Moving on uh, to another game later this week. On Monday night, excuse me, this is the Sunday nighter, the Saints traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. plus 11s still out there for New Orleans. I know on Tuesday you mentioned liking that bet. Um, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen this number move down. Aside from yourself, a lot of people I respect seem to be looking the Saints way. Um, do you think there might just be trepidation from some people who tend to bet bigger that just want to wait to get down because of the news cycle this week? Or, or how do you see things shaping up with the Saints currently to be had uh, still at plus 11? Well, I think if there's one thing that I do take pride in more than uh, most things, it's, it's reading the market. I, I've done really, really well. And, and I agree with you, Matt. I don't understand why that line hasn't moved down. So that makes me a little cautious. I'm like, well, you know, listen, I know the Saints are a little bit broken, but they have Tampa Bay's number. They play Tampa Bay very well. This is a divisional game. And the Saints had their backs up against the wall. So, uh, and, you know, you're asking Tampa Bay to win by quite a bit of margin against a, you know, quality coach and quality team. So normally this would have come down and I don't understand why it hasn't come down. So I, you know, I have, I have my ticket in hand on the Saints and I expected it to be lower. Uh, I'm not going to get off it. Uh, it. There is a concern there that uh, in the market, and where the line's moving, but uh, fundamentally, these teams are not that far apart, uh, you know, where they, Tampa Bay should be covering 11 easily. It, it just, it, these teams are, are, even with the Saints' troubles, the closer talent uh, and ability than that. So uh, I'm sticking with it, and the, the more nervous I am, usually the better off I do. <laughs> yeah, it sure seems that way. And I'll selfishly hope that this holds for another 18 hours or so. And when we're doing the uh, live BetUS show on Friday, breaking down the full board, 
you'll be able to go more in depth uh, for show purposes on that one with your Saints bet. Uh, one game we already broke down on Tuesday with the Bet US show, that Saturday night game you've referenced between the Raiders and the Browns. Know you're sitting on Raiders plus six. Uh, certainly going to hope that that game can kick off his schedule with that kind of value in pocket. I'm starting to look the other way now. I know it's been just a slew of bad news for Cleveland, but now seeing them available for plus four, and I can't help but thinking if this is a case of an overreaction. I mean, I think that if people aren't betting into information really quickly, oftentimes the prudent move from what I've seen in the past couple of years with COVID affecting things is just to wait and try to grab the other end of it. Um, once the line has kind of settled into what I think is a pretty inflated place on now the underdog Cleveland Browns, uh, a total of 37 in this game. So that's a, that four points becomes, you know, pretty magnified with a game that could have points at such a premium and with the new protocols. I mean, it's possible that some of these guys for Cleveland could just take a couple of negative tests. And if they're asymptomatic, we might've thought that they were out for sure. And they might not be out after all. So is there any look, especially on your end, having the Raiders plus six, uh, any look, maybe going back the other way on Browns plus four to open up a potentially massive middle opportunity. Yeah. You know, I'm disappointed with this whole set of circumstances because I really like the Raiders uh, even without any of these problems. Uh, I, it was just it's such a solid play. It really was. This Cleveland team is, is very overrated. They, they aren't scoring any points. Uh, and their defense is so, so. And it, it just was a perfect spot for the Raiders. But you're 100% right. There's, there's more often than not complete overreaction, just like with injuries in the NBA, uh, where the line just moves too far and, and the value starts to come in on the other side. Uh, I, I really hate to hedge, so to speak, or buy back, but I might consider doing something that is not mainstream accepted and, and, and maybe open like a multi-purpose teaser or parlay back into it a little bit. And uh, I'm not, I haven't thought about it yet, so you kind of caught me off guard on it, but I know it's stupid to, you know, if I were able to get past the 10, maybe I would open up a teaser plus 10 and a half for the sole purpose of just the hedge into a bet that I'm already going to place later on at another time so that I have the chance to maneuver the two. But I'm not sure that's a good move. But those are the types of uh, thoughts that pop into my head rather than just buying back at the four and a half, so to speak. Got it. Well, let's get uh, to another uh, another game here. Your Detroit Lions, a team that I'm looking at now that we're seeing, you know, some plus 13s are holding out across the marketplace. Cardinals going to be without DeAndre Hopkins the rest of the season. I'm still not sure that Murray's 100%. I think there's a difference between returning from injury and returning to, you know, perfect form. We saw Murray just, you know, an MVP front runner at the start of the season. And um, I, I don't know how limited he might be. We know the Lions of all like the bad teams in the league tend to be competitive more often than not. Yes, they just got smoked in Denver, uh, but asking Arizona to go on the road on a short week with this early kickoff and cover a pretty big number uh, has me looking the Lions way. I know that uh, you're the biggest Lions fan that I'm in contact with. So any thought to possibly betting on them this week? Or are you just hoping that Dan Campbell can rally the troops to make it another competitive effort against a good team? Yeah, you don't have a betting interest in the game. Uh, obviously, the, the Lions have done very well against the spread. And, and, and I don't know whether people realize it or not, but uh, they polled fans in each of the cities of the bad coaches. And, you know, Urban Meyer got like 
2% support. And uh, uh, one of the other coaches was down at like 5% uh, support. And amazingly enough, the Lions fans are happy. They came back in the, the high 80s of support for Campbell. So he doesn't have any stress about losing his job. And the players just love him, and the spirits are really high. Uh, they lost their tight end again uh, to surgery today. I don't think Swift is going to be back. Uh, you know, uh, the, the future is bright with Sewell, who was the highest-rated uh, lineman last week uh, in the league as a rookie. And he's had a lot of games that he's done very well. Uh, they're building a nice core of attitude and, and support there. As far as this game, uh, you know, Arizona's going to want to get in and get out. And, and this Hopkins thing has got to be like a deflating balloon for them because they really needed him. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound after getting schooled by the Rams, on the, you know, which was unexpected uh, for me. Uh but no, I don't want to have a, I don't want to have a piece on this one. There's just not enough parts with this Lions team uh, to really support it at this point, even at home with that many points. One thing you might want to have with a week like this is a drink. Weaving in the other pillar of this podcast, I know what I had you on before this season. Uh, you flashed a bottle of Jim Beam, and that was uh, one of the more engaging videos that I was able to drop on Twitter um, from the off-season interviews. Has there been anything, uh, you know, aside from Jim Beam, anything you'll turn to? I don't know if it's like maybe a Saturday or Sunday evening or any time of the week when you feel like you can take a break for a while, uh, anything you've been enjoying uh, beverage wise to help take off the edge during such turbulent times like these? You know, not really. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't get a chance to go out at all. So uh, it's whatever I have around the house. And, and, and sadly enough, uh, over the, uh, the course of the year, I, I've drank everything that's left in the house except a few bottles of wine. So <laughs> at some point I run out of everything and I'm like, okay, well, I'll finish that free Kahlua they gave me uh, <laughs> you know, promotion. You know, there's times where I'm in the middle of the diddle and I, I don't have the time and I, I don't have the Jim Beam and I'm, I'm down to casino promotion uh, liquor. So it's a, it's a little <laughs> bottle of Kahlua and I figure out what to mix with that. And I, or it's this flavored vodka tangerine or this, or, uh, you know, mandarin orange that. And, uh, you know, some of the, the garbage I picked up in the casino promotions that I thought I would never ever drink uh, they're all gone <laughs> and i sit there and i look at my at my lower level where i had all the stuff stacked up and i go i drink all that trash over the last 12 months jesus oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna need to see uh, how i can uh, rectify this situation i don't know if uh, lee's does any local delivery or if i can check out a site like tavor or drizzly but uh try to get you restocked with some proper stuff because you're providing a lot of betting value to a lot of people uh, and clearly plenty of entertainment value as well. And want to make sure that you're, you're getting taken care of with uh, the, the proper refreshments in the house. Well, I think it's important. I, I used to be one of those angry people that used to get angry all the time. And I've learned to just laugh at my own misery and heartache. Uh, uh, I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but just to, how much effort and trouble and, and problems that come up with the, the daily betting routine. It, it, it's just hilarious. If there's a computer problem that goes wrong, I'm going to have it. If there's a phone problem, if there's a technical glitch, uh, if, 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 if the, the lawnmowers are going to blow, uh, you know, at the worst time, 
Yeah, I got that one on our Thanksgiving show. Yeah, I, I got the leaf blower uh, inches from the microphone. So I feel your pain there. Exactly. So I, I'm trying to just laugh at it all. And I, and I, I wish that I had the ability to like auto record my life and experiences of uh, only when I have problems, because nobody would believe the problems that I have with technologies and, and everything happening all at once. And it's like a, a, I'll refer back to again, it's Calgon take me away moments. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll see if I can get you some, uh, some liquor and uh, some luxury soap from back in the day with those Calgon commercials. That was that was some pretty classic stuff, but I do want to acknowledge that for all the uh, the technical difficulties and other just random things that seem to stack up sometimes, the way that we can go from pre-show, I mean, you phrase it as panic in the streets and just, I've got nothing, I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, you know, we start recording and it's it's oftentimes just pure gold. So the, the way that you overcome that and really deliver, um, it's not lost on me and I don't think it's lost on much of your audience. So I think it's worth acknowledging that uh, I, I know it's not always easy for you, but a lot of people certainly appreciate the effort and it, it still comes through great the other end. You know what? And I, and I just told uh, somebody last night, is I, I never did a lot of media or anything like that. And, and, and I picked some up this year just to kind of challenge myself because I'm an old fart that wants to learn new tricks. But I, I learned halfway through the year, the season, to not try to be anybody but yourself because when you first start appearing on podcasts or media you you worry about your your stuttering or what you're going to say or what people think and and i just try to be myself and and, and that's what i've learned is just be myself and if i suck i suck and i don't care it's just lay myself out there yeah well it's working one thing to take us home um usually at the end of the Thursday props and hops episodes. I'll do a Malinsky minute as a nod to David Malinsky, a quote for some sort of perspective. And one I have in mind right now that I'd like to balance off you, uh, not something that Dave necessarily said, but he certainly knew how to abide by it. Garbage in, garbage out. I mean, at a time like this, waiting different games, we saw the crazy win game on Monday night between the Patriots and Bills. Uh, I don't know how many COVID games may or may not happen this week where that's a major factor. So, you know, if the Raiders stomp the Browns, how do we wait that? Same with Washington, Philadelphia, and, and you name the game, it's probably a factor. When we get just outlier situations like this, and I know that you have multiple models that you maintain, how do you go about making sure that you're not feeding garbage into it so that you're not getting you know, garbage as a result and you can move forward and still find true edges on the betting board, not just what you think are edges based on outlier situations? I, I don't know how to say this tactfully. You know what? There's measuring sticks and barometers that you can sort of use as measuring sticks, if that makes any sense. And when the books are having so many inconsistent win-loss weeks and you see people in the market that you know traditionally don't do well in NFL doing well, and you see people that traditionally do well not doing well, it makes me actually feel confident that, wait a minute, this is just a you know bump in the road. There's no way you can win all the time. There's no way you're going to lose it all the time. And I'm having a crappy year. I'm like, you know, trying to just, you know, I'm ho- holding myself right at the waterline, which is really disappointing. But I'm not getting buried. And if this is the worst bad streak I'm going to have, that's great. But I haven't lost any confidence in my process because – I, I'm looking at the box scores. I'm not getting the 
breaks. I'm not getting those coin flips. Uh, and I don't get angry about it. I don't uh, whine about bad beats. That's just the way it's going to happen. And, you know, the season is too far in. You know, I already know I'm not going to have a great season, but I don't have to panic. I just do the same thing every week. There's no reason to overreact and, you know, try to, you know, bet more or, you know, try to get it all, you know, try to, you know, make something happen. It is what it is. And the full length of a football season really isn't a lot. I mean, I've already bet twice as many hockey games in that young season as I'm going to bet this whole NFL season. It's a small sample size. And I think that when you see the results that are happening and, and the oddity and, and so many different results, there's no reason to lose confidence if you have a good process. Yeah, well, spoken like a true professional. Chris, I want to thank you so much for hopping on to do this on such short notice. I just couldn't try to do a pick show in good conscience, having no clue how any of that would age with, again, a new cycle like we've seen this week. So I think, uh, although we did break down some games, a lot of the process-based conversation uh, should offer plenty of value to the audience. And I want to make sure that the audience knows how they can connect with you and follow your work on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. Of course, there's the Bet US NFL show that we're doing together along with our friend Scott Cohen. Uh, anything else that you'd like to plug or, or anything I may have missed? No, I, I generally don't shamelessly plug. I, I have a YouTube page where I put some media content up there and yes. uh, I answer my DMs and uh, um, I'm just happy to uh, be above ground and uh, um, uh, around and uh, appreciate uh, you. Uh, listening to me, um, you know, ramble on. Yeah, well, uh, no, keep it up. I think the uh, the process over time becomes the result. And if there's some negative variance once in a while, uh, that's to be expected. And I think that you've proven that uh, you can stand the test of time in this endeavor. So I appreciate you sharing everything uh, with me and this audience. And uh, I will look forward to connecting with you again. Geez, we're recording this 4 p.m. on Thursday, so just a little more than 12 hours. We'll be live with the BetUS NFL show to break down uh, whatever we can for the weekend board. So I'll look forward to doing that with you, Chris. I just can't wait. I can't. <laughs> Goodbye. All right. Thanks again to Chris, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our conversation, the number one way you can support Props and Hops is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. A close second would be to check out the BetUS NFL show I'm hosting with Chris, as well as Scott Kellen. We'll be breaking down the Week 15 slate live on YouTube at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time on Friday. You can check us out via the link in the show notes. One housekeeping item before we close up shop. If you live in an area where wagering is legal and want to kill two birds with one stone, go ahead and sign up for a sportsbook via any of the links at the bottom of the Props and Hops landing page on Dimers.com. That way you can get down on some edges while supporting the show along the way, and you can also find a link to that page in the show notes. Otherwise, that'll do it. Best of luck with your Week 15 action, however you end up placing your bets. I'll talk to you next week, tentatively planning on a Wednesday evening episode Pacific time to get ahead of the holiday weekend. We'll just have to keep our fingers crossed for a better news cycle. Until then, as always, let's bet well, let's drink well, and let's be well. Mm-hmm.